he put a new song in my mouth, even praise of our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. I'm going to praise my God today. Welcome to the NLCC Lancaster podcast. The following message is titled, Praise Him for the Victory, and was spoken by Pastor Gary Keller. We hope and pray this message blesses your life. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us at nlcclancaster.com. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. Now thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the Savior of his knowledge by us in every place. So the title of this exhortation today is simply this, Praise Him for the Victory. You may be seated. Now thanks be unto God which causeth us to always triumph in Christ. Triumph means to be victorious, to achieve, to succeed, to accomplish, to prevail, notwithstanding to overcome. So Paul is writing to the Corinthian church and he's saying to them that God will always be the cause of your victory the cause of your achievement and your success. He's the one that will cause you to succeed and accomplish things and prevail and overcome. In the Message Bible, this scripture goes like this. In the Messiah, in Christ, God leads us from place to place in one perpetual victory parade. Through us, he brings knowledge of Christ. So if I were to select a subtitle today for this message, it would be One Perpetual Victory Parade. That's how I feel about him. He causes us to always triumph in Christ Jesus. In this house of worship this morning, the victory parade goes something like this. We rebuke the devourer. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ. And we praise him for the victory. And why is that so important? Why is it necessary that we indeed rebuke the devourer? Why is it incumbent upon us that we plead the blood of Jesus? And why is it that we praise him for the victory? One reason can be found in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 1. This know that in the last days perilous times shall come. And so as we face perilous times, and because perilous times have come upon this generation, I would suggest to you that it is time that we indeed rebuke the devourer. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, 11, and 12, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that, ye, that there may be meat in mine house, 
And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. So this tells us it's very important to pay our tithing and give to the Lord that tenth that belongs to him. And I promise you 90% with God's blessing goes further than 100% without his blessing. I had a testimony today of a man who decided a couple of weeks, I am going to pay my tithe. And the Lord not only has blessed him, well, he's just blessed him. I'm just going to leave it at that with a new job, making more money. And he made up his mind, I'm going to pay my tithing. And now God's blessed him. And that testimony came this morning before church. So you can't outgive God. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And the devourer shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. So in this passage of scripture, Malachi describes the Lord's promises and gives us an assurance that the Lord God on our behalf will indeed rebuke the devourer. When speaking of the devourer, Malachi is speaking of events in your life that you feel like you just can't get through. The devourer is at work. Negative thoughts which consume your thinking. Overwhelming pressures and depressions and oppressions that the devourer will bring against you. These are the things that Malachi is writing about. Things that have a tendency to demolish your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And in this passage, it's as if the Lord God is giving you a guarantee that he will work on your behalf against any and all of the enemies that would dare come against you. The Lord said, I'm going to rebuke them. I will open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. This is what he's saying to us. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Those things that come against you, those things that come against your heart, your mind, your soul, your spirit, your body. The Lord is saying, I'm going to rebuke those things. And he, the enemy of your soul, the devourer, shall not destroy the fruit of your grounds. And because of this, all nations shall call you blessed. I want that. I want God on my side rebuking the devourer that comes against me. I want God on your side against every evil that comes against you. I want God on this church's side to take care of the adversary that would bring division and disunity and corruption in the Holy Ghost. I'm believing God to rebuke the devourer in Jesus' name. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse number one, when thou goest out to battle against thine enemies, the devourer, and you see horses and chariots and a people more than thou, be not afraid of them, for the Lord thy God is with thee, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And it shall be 
when ye are come nigh unto the battle, and the priest shall approach and speak unto the people, shall say unto them, Hear, O Israel, ye approach this day unto battle against your enemy. Let not your hearts faint. Fear not. Do not tremble. Neither be terrified because of them. Why? Because of verse 4. For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you to fight against your enemies to save you. So time and time again we see that the Lord has promised in his word to Israel and to us to rebuke the devourer on our half. But not only does the Lord God fight the devourer for you, but on this Sunday morning, Jesus Christ has empowered you and will empower you for you yourself to stand up against the enemy and rebuke the devourer for yourself. John chapter 14, verse 12 and 13 Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me and the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, I will do it, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. What is he saying here? He's saying, not only am I going to rebuke the devourer, but I'm going to empower my people to rebuke the adversary in my name, take my word, stand up against everything that comes against them, and can speak against the enemy of their soul. I'm glad today that we're not out on a limb or out on an island somewhere, but God has entrusted into your hands as the ecclesia, the called out, the redeemed, the church, the body of Christ. He has given you the authority to speak to the enemy of your soul. And that enemy has to listen to you. Just a few months ago, about a year ago, I preached a sermon from Luke chapter 10 and I felt yesterday to revisit it this morning. Luke chapter 10 verse 17, and the 70 returned again with joy saying, Lord, even devils are subject unto us through your name. You've empowered us to rebuke the devil. And Jesus said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. And behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all of the power of the enemy. He is saying, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. You've got the right to rebuke the adversary. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this rejoice not, that spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your name is written down in heaven. So what does he mean by this? Behold, I give unto you power. The word power there means authority. The power to determine, adjudicate, otherwise settle issues or disputes. The right to control and command and determine. So he is saying, I am giving you power 
or I am giving you authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now the power that he gives to us means that we have superior power. It means authority. And the word power over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. The word power there means ability, competence, experience in an activity because of one's skills or talents or aptitudes. And so what he is saying here is I am giving you authority or power over the ability or the enemy's power. I'm giving you authority over the ability of the enemy. The day the disciples were given authority over Satan's ability is found in Luke chapter 9 and verse number 1. Then he called the 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. In the Amplified Bible, that verse goes like this. Now Jesus called together the 12 disciples and gave them the right to exercise power and authority over all demons and to heal diseases. I'm just saying to you today that not only do we find that God will rebuke the devourer, but he's given you authority over the enemy's ability. He's given you authority to speak to the mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. I believe it's time for you and I as the body of Christ to take advantage of what God has given us and there's nothing by any means can harm us when we walk in the authority of the word of God. I've come to this house today to preach what God put in my heart Tuesday morning and Wednesday morning and that is this. God has given you authority over the ability of the enemy. God has given you authority to speak to every devil that comes against you whether it's through depression or whether it's through discouragement or whether it's through sickness or whatever it is that he's brought against you in the name of Jesus. I dare in the name of Jesus. I challenge in the name of Jesus. I be, it behooves us to stand up and say in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ who has given us authority. God's authority is greater than your ability. I know you've got a lot of ability. I know that the enemy can come with a lot of ability. But according to Titus chapter 2 and verse 11, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men doing what? Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. Why? Because we're looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and Savior Jesus Christ who gave himself for us hallelujah that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto him a peculiar people zealous of good works these things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority let no man despise you this morning you have authority over the ability of the enemy 
speak these things, exhort these things, rebuke the adversary. God's given you the power. I know the devil's got authority. I know the devil's got ability, but God's authority eclipses the ability of the adversary. I know that the thief can come to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have watched him come against people that he killed their spiritual life. He stole from them and he destroyed them. All because they allowed him to do that. Not because he had the upper hand. Not because he was greater than Jesus Christ. Not because he was wiser than the Lord God. Simply because people allowed him to do that. Today it is time for New Life Christian Center to come into agreement with the word of God and say, I know the enemy has come to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I stand on the promise of God and God said, I have come that they might have a life and have it more abundantly. I invoke the words of Jesus today in this place over everything that's not like him. And I pray that God would release into your heart, into your mind, into this church, the authority over the ability of the enemy so you will stand up and say, in the name of Jesus, it stops now. My family will be saved. My marriage will be blessed. My church will have revival. I'm going to see a mighty move of God. And you stand in the authority of the word of God. And somebody said, hallelujah. I have come that you might have a life and you might have it more abundantly. So today I pray that God would give you authority in this service over the ability of the enemy because of the perilous times, because of the prayer that I prayed over Sister Speakman because of perilous times that have come upon this generation. It is time to plead the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. In 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Hallelujah. If we walk in the light as Jesus is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. His blood cleanses us from all transgression. His blood cleanses us from all evil. His blood cleanses us from bad decisions we've made. His blood cleanses us from everything the enemy has brought against you. The blood of Jesus I plead the blood of Jesus. I come to this pulpit to plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the life-giving blood of Jesus. 
I plead the blood of Jesus that remits sins and can remit your sins this morning. I plead the blood that will cover you. I plead the blood of Jesus that will put protection over your mind. I plead the blood of Jesus that will cleanse your spirit. I plead the blood of Jesus that will make you righteous in his sight. I plead the blood of Jesus that will provide all things spiritual for you. And when I plead the blood of Jesus Christ, I'm saying about myself, I am saved, I plead the blood. I am healed, I plead the blood. I am sanctified, I plead the blood. I am one with Jesus Christ, I plead the blood. His blood has remitted my sins. His blood has taken my sins away. His blood has forgiven me of my sins. Every day that you live, 24 hours a day, further, every time you take a step, you're that much further away from the Adamic nature that God saved you from, you need to thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ and plead the blood over your mind, plead the blood over your spirit, plead the blood over every devil that comes against you. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the, I plead the blood. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood. Every devil has to go. Every Darkness has to go. Every evil has to go. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. Hallelujah. At that time in Ephesians, ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were afar off, you who did not have a chance, you who did not have an opportunity, you who were not born with privilege, you who were not born with the right last name, you who were born outside of the ark of safety, you who were born in sin and shaped in iniquity, ye who sometimes were afar off, guess what? On this Sunday morning, you are made nigh by the blood of Christ. In 1 John 1, 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from sin. Colossians 1, 20, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be in earth or in heaven, I'm going to plead the blood, and whatever I, listen to me today, whatever I bind on earth, Whatever I bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever I loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Why? Because God has given you the authority to rebuke the devourer. So every time you stand up against evil, every time you stand up against the devil, every time you stand up against the adversary, God's saying, I've got your back. I am behind you. I am with you. Speak it and I'll do it. Speak the word of faith. Speak to that mountain. Speak to that devil. I plead the blood of Jesus today. Oh, yes, I do. Hebrews chapter 2. For as much then as the children 
are partakers of flesh and blood. He also himself took part of the same, that through death he might mm, through death he might destroy the devourer, him that had power of death, that is the devil, and to deliver them through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. The thing that captured my reading this week on this scripture, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also became himself likewise took part of the same, that through his death, through the death of Jesus Christ on Calvary, I want to make it clear who we're talking about. Through Calvary, through the cross, through the shed blood, through the sacrifice of the pure lamb, that through death Jesus might destroy Satan who at that time had power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. I say today in the name of Jesus, Jesus, it's time to conquer the things that have had us bound all of our lifetime. It is not God's will for you to walk out of this church bound. You might say, well, it's generations. Generations we've been bound by alcohol. Generations we've been bound by this. Gener I don't care about a generational curse. All your lifetime, Jesus Christ through the blood of Calvary can set you free from every, every every sin. <laughs> Through the blood, it is time for someone in this house of worship this morning to be totally delivered from the bondage which has had you held down for a lifetime. This morning. This morning. Right now. Think about it, a lifetime subject to bondage. Is there anyone here this morning who would be honest enough to say, Pastor, there are circumstances and there are situations and conditions and there are things and maybe even people that for a lifetime they have had me bound. My family has been bound. My soul has been bound. My mind has been bound. My spirit has been bound. My body has been bound. My future has been bound. And if you have buried some hope and some dream or aspiration if you've given up on something that was precious to you, if you have said it's no use to hope for my situation any longer, if you feel a sense of despair, I've come to this pulpit to remind you that the blood of Jesus Christ has authority over the ability of the enemy. And Paul said, I see the mystery of the blood revealed for you. He called it the propitiation for our sins. He called it redemption, justification, reconciliation, 
salvation, freedom, forgiveness. He speaks of better things this morning because perilous times have come. You can be set free from the power of the enemy. Brother Lee, come right up here. A week and a half ago, he and I spent a little time together. We went to the men's conference. And Brother Lee shared with me his testimony of things that started happening to him at the age of five. That's, the, that's, further, that's as far as I'm going with that story. <laughs> Hallelujah. At age five in Detroit. And he shared with me a lot of things. And he said, but he came to this church. He came to New Life Christian Center. And he said, something got a hold of him. And something changed his life. And something transformed him. Hallelujah. And I know some people may say, why don't he sit down? Well, he's been delivered from too much to sit down. God's brought him too far. If you knew his story, you'd be standing with him. Because he's found out that he could rebuke the devourer and plead the blood. since you took authority in your life and said, I rebuke the devourer. I plead the blood. I praise you for the victory. Hold your Bible up right now. If it's on your phone, hold your phone up. In the name of Jesus, put this word in our heart. Put it in our mind. Put it in our soul. Put it in our spirit in Jesus' name. And I'm finished. I have one more thing to share with you. I have one more thing to share with you. I rebuke the devourer. I plead the blood. I wish I had somebody on the 3B. Hallelujah. And I'm going to praise him for the victory. I'm going to praise him for the victory. I rebuke the devourer. I plead the blood of Jesus. And I praise you for the victory. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him according to his mighty acts. Praise him to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet, with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and the dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him on the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Please be seated. Twelve times in the last chapter of Psalm, Psalm 150. Twelve times in six verses. David encourages us to praise the Lord. Praise God and praise him. The focus of praise that is found in Psalm 150 is on the Lord God. 17 times 
David refers to the Lord in Psalm 150. It just simply tells me that praise is a good thing. According to Psalm 92, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High, to show forth his loving kindness in the morning and his faithfulness every night. With that said, let me say this. In the kingdom of God, when it comes to praise and worship, there are no prerequisites. You don't have to qualify. To praise God, you don't have to be right. To praise God, you don't have to be saved. To praise God, you may be backslid. To praise God, you may not be where you should be. But there are no prerequisites in the condition you're in, good or bad, on this Sunday morning. You can praise God and no devil can stop you. That's why the psalmist said in 119, 164, seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. Psalm 145, I will extol thee, O God, my King, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever. Every day I will bless thee. I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall rise up, one generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and thy wondrous works. Psalm chapter 40, I waited patiently on the Lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of an, a horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set my feet on a rock and established my going. But he didn't just deliver me. He didn't just allow me to rebuke the devourer and plead the blood. The next verse says, he put a new song in my mouth, even praise of our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. I'm going to praise my God today. An unclean spirit did not disqualify the demoniac who lived among the tombs. That did not disqualify him from worshiping and praising the Lord Jesus Christ. Mark chapter 5, and I'm almost finished. Musicians, you come. Praise team will be a little later. Mark chapter 5, verse number 2. When Jesus was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him. No, not with chains, because he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and chains had been uh, plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. He was demonically possessed of the devil. And always, 
night and day. He was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, when he saw Jesus coming his way, a man full of the devil, a man full of demonic spirits, the man full of dark powers, when he saw Jesus, he ran and worshiped him. I preach to you in closing that even unclean spirits did not disqualify him from worshiping the Lord Jesus. Living among the tombs did not disqualify him from worshiping the Lord Jesus. His prison record did not disqualify him from worshiping the Lord Jesus. Being a cutter, cutting himself with stones did not disqualify him from worshiping the Lord Jesus. Being a long way from Jesus did not disqualify him from worshiping the Lord. Being outnumbered by a legion of devils inside of him did not disqualify him from worshiping Jesus Christ. Being unpopular and politically incorrect did not disqualify him from worshiping the Lord Jesus. While he worshiped the Lord Jesus, he was delivered and set free from a legion of devils. While he praised the Lord Jesus, he was clothed in his right mind. When he started praising Jesus, Jesus said, devils that are in him, you've got to go. I'm just telling you that if a man possessed of the devil can worship the Lord Jesus Christ, what's stopping you? There's absolutely nothing and that can disqualify you from praising God. You are qualified to praise him. Hallelujah. You are qualified to play. You are qualified to render music. And maybe you're saying today, Man, I'm just not exactly where I should be. Maybe Rose is saying today, I'm not backslid. I know I could be there, and, and I'm just 2% down, which puts you 90% ahead of everybody else. 2% down. I'm just telling you, Rose, that you can praise him until you hit that 100%. Praise God that there's nothing inside of you that can stop you. Hallelujah. Brother Lee, don't ever let anybody stop you from praising God. Hallelujah. You may be having a bad morning. Praise him. You may say, Pastor, you don't have a clue what I've been facing. You don't know what I've been facing. But I've come to this pulpit today to tell you, I'm going to praise him anyhow. I'm going to worship him anyhow. You know, you don't know how many devils have come against me. All I know is there were 10,000 devils in that man, and he praised God. And when he did, Jesus set him free. I feel freedom coming today. I feel freedom coming today. Somebody's going to rebuke the devourer. Somebody's going to plead the blood. And somebody is going to praise him for the victory. Lord, 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 Lord. Whoa. 
I got several other scriptures that we're not going to read. I'm just going to tell you why I'm going to praise him. And then I'm going to get out of the way and let you do what you want to do. And here's what I hope you will do. I hope in just a moment, please be seated. I hope that in just a moment that everybody in this room will stand up and say, I rebuke you, devil, in Jesus' name. I hope in just a few moments somebody will stand up and say, mm, I plead the blood of Jesus. I hope in just a few moments somebody will stand up and say, I'm going to praise him for the victory. A perpetual, unstoppable, marching forward, victory parade. Somebody's going to get in the victory parade. I'm stepping out of the parade of predictability because the enemy predicted that I would go down. I'm stepping out of the parade of predictability because my family said, him be saved, her be saved. I'm stepping out of the parade of predictability and I'm stepping over here into God's word that says he will cause me to always triumph in Christ Jesus. There is one perpetual victory parade and I plan on getting in it. I said there's a victory parade in this house and I'm going to get in it. So let me give you a reason. Not that you need one. But let me give you a reason. In case you're just looking for a reason. To praise him. I will praise him. Because his word. Is true. I will praise him. Because his motives are pure his love is real I'm going to praise him his ways are just I'm going to praise him his ways are true his name is holy his name is holy I'm going to praise him his heart is kind I'm going to lift him up Right here, somebody needs to listen to this one. His grace is sufficient. I'm going to praise him. His burden is light. I'm going to worship him. His rest is everlasting. His yoke is easy. His promises are true. His power is unlimited. His mercy is great. His salvation is free. His victory is complete. His blessings are innumerable. His touch is refreshing. His joy is unspeakable. His wisdom is unparalleled. His presence is real. His ears attend my cry. His assurance is comforting. His hands are outstretched. His eyes are compassionate. His works are righteous. His miracles are matchless. His name is and that concludes this podcast if you enjoyed this podcast please like share and subscribe and for those of you on itunes leave us a good rating thank you for listening to the nlcc lancaster podcast